Hello and welcome to the Gaming Pick Gaming Picks Gaming Fix Podcast, episode 247 on November 12th, 2022. I am your host, Andre Cole, aka the Wet Gamer, aka your partner's favorite sea animal. I am joined today by Allison. I I know that I've had this question asked to me before by one of my friends uh, who who uh, loves loves animals and so she's like what's your favorite sea creature and i'm like uh um i don't know uh, like a seal or like a manatees are pretty cute sure yeah they're very very nice uh harmless yeah they're very they're very they're very friendly they can't i i i learned uh my my friend said manatees never killed a person and i was like let me see if i can find anything to uh, to <laughs> prove that wrong and then i looked it up and i was like no i can't find any instances of them they're just they're just they're just friendly little little guys cows that are just going okay. around yeah oh, all right also joining us today pat do love a manatee i had to we we had them uh at the 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 zoo when i was growing up because i lived in florida uh and their sweethearts. I think though, there's too many to pick from. Cause you got like, that's just, it's, it's almost like just saying, what's your favorite land animal? Because mm-hmm. there's just so many to choose. I'm a big octopus fan. I won't eat an mm-hmm. octopus because I think it's the only reason that octop- octopuses haven't figured out how to make fire underwater is because they only live for like a couple of years. Um, Not a big fan because- of octopus meat. No, I think it's, it's delicious, little, but then I always feel really bad about it. Yeah, it's, not, like, it's, it's texture and it's thing. Like I the can't distributed distributed intelligence thing of like mm-hmm. their brains are through their whole bodies. So tentacle, you're I, like eating their what? brains. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, their brain. What? They have, they have I knew that they were really smart, which body. is why I felt bad. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, they have. Dis- I believe that is the the term distributed brains. That's, um, okay, I know they've got like the taste buds and all their suckers and stuff, but so they have. Uh, I've they have no centralized brain. There's no what? brain in there. That's why they can squeeze down into being like super flat uh-huh. and stuff. Okay, oh. yeah. they have a radial distributed nervous system sure. that is adapted to their unique body plan. Um, God, I wish that were me. I. I don't know what I would do oh, wait, if sorry. I had a. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Could you like shoot an octopus like square in the head, and then it'd be like, "Nah, man, I'm good." Like I, I don't know, like Call of Duty, just like no headshots because the brain is everywhere. So it's... sorry, and octopuses actually do also have a brain. Okay. It's small, but okay. they two thirds of their neurons are spread mm. throughout the body. It's jellyfish, okay. sure, no brain at all. Okay. Well, and then are, are jellyfish have, just well. basically just like piles of nerves that are hanging yes. out in the and and ocean. and um, octopuses are very similar, um, but they uh, they they do have um, they don't have a centralized nervous system, but they do have uh, a brain. It's just that two thirds of their neural mass is spread out throughout their bodies. So. Okay, for that. Anyway, wow. they're cool. I also really fucking love a mantis shrimp. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, uh huh. The little, little pistol shrimp. Cool they can see all sorts of colors and yes, they're punch. Awesome. Cool. And awesome. Punch and, they and punch stupid. And break glass. Yep. And like 
don't they like instantly boil the water where they punch because mm-hmm. they punch they so dis- fast and like whoa so hard. that's so hard. that's so they cool it, sparks when they punch it's it's water. like l- thousands of degrees in like an instant it's it's wild okay uh, after this podcast i'm looking, looking up mm-hmm. i'm looking at videos of I think there's like an, <laughs> there's an oatmeal comic about them or something you see you a the oatmeal from the side and you're like okay that's like a pretty that looks like a shrimp like a kind of big shrimp it's not that bad and then you mm-hmm. see it looking like from the front and you're like oh my god this is like a subnautica jump scare <laughs> uh, they're terrifying looking um and i think they're awesome yeah. and their eyes are um their eyes see in wavelengths that we can't yeah uh, we've never perceived because we have not developed cameras that can see on some of the spectrums that their eyes can see on so mm-hmm. like they've seen things that no human has ever seen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is sick as hell. I know. It's so cool. Elderatory. And uh, all so. well that that would be a fantastic segue into one of my games, but we're on a time crunch for Pat here. So we will yeah, I gotta go drive a race car. We will Woo! dive into uh one of this week's new releases. I, I'm sure there are others, but I guess Allison also has one. But uh Pat you and I have also, I have also dived in uh, to the newest PlayStation exclusive God of War Ragnarok yeah. sequel to 2018's uh, God of War, sequel to have... God of War 3 and etc. <laughs> yeah, I had um, uh, no like expectations. I, like, I was not hyped up for this game at all. Um, Same. When I played 2018 God of War, I was like head over heels for it right when I played it. Rolling into game, I finished it not that long before game of the year. Rolling into the game of the year, I was like, yeah, this is one of the best. Deserves all its critical claim. And then I sat with it for like the month after that and immediately started to cool really heavily on it. And since then, I don't want to say I resent it. I don't have quite as, I don't have negative feelings about it like I do about like The Last of Us Part Two. Sure. But I have, I think that God of War is in a similar frustrating space where when you actually sit with it and think about it, there's so much there to critique and criticize um, mm-hmm. across not just like, you know, narratively, gameplay wise. I just, I think it is one of those games that kind of like, it's easy to give into amazement with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you really stop and consider what it is after the fact, then you kind of go, oh, there's a lot of holes here. It doesn't mean that's not a good game, but is it a I don't know that I think it's deserves the universal <laughs> 10 out of 10 acclaim it's, that it received. I, I uh, that, you know, there's been a lot said about the dad game, but I think, yeah, part of yeah. part of it and, is certainly the makeup of games media is there's a lot of. A lot of dads in games media, mm-hmm. so I, that probably and in impacted Sony it. properties in particular. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Sony mm-hmm. is the dad game company. Yeah, and I think the ways in which that first game, which I won't dwell on for more than a minute here, but the ways in which that first game shows a very toxic dad. You know, when you're playing it, you're like, "Well, he's Kratos, of course." Da 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 da. Like, if he would be a toxic asshole, but uh, sitting with it a little bit, it's like, man. I don't know that I think he does the kind of growth that the game wants you to think he does over the course of it. 
And um, then on top of that, the fact that like the only women in that game are dead or dead and you never hear from crazy lady or like crazy Valkyries that never speak that you just Mm -hmm. go in and kill is like super shitty and, Mm -hmm. and really is. And, and then on top of that, like that is the extent of the diversity also (laughs) is, is the, and, and so I just think when you think of it in those terms, it's like, Oh, and you listen to, you know, more diverse critics talk about it. It's like, Oh, this has like, no, unless you are, this game is so directly made for white guys. Like it, it it's like laser focused. So um anyway, you know, those and then on terms in terms of the gameplay, I think that the combat is good, but I don't think that it is um necessarily um I think it overstays its welcome by the end of the game. Um mm-hmm. I don't think that it that game needed to be a needed to have as much com- combat is it in it as it had. Uh, and I think the boss fights are frustrating too in retrospect because it's a lot of you circle around a guy or yeah. an enemy, hit them a bunch until there's a cutscene. The cutscene's really fucking cool. And then you do quick time events in the cutscene. And then you're back to just like circling each other. And, you know, it's, it's like it doesn't have the dynamic. Like when you play something like Dark Souls, you know, if you look at a fight like the Dancer of Boreal Valley, one of the best boss fights in any video game ever made, in my opinion. Um, that fight is incredibly cool. Incredibly cool things happen over the course of that fight just from you playing it. It is not like... It doesn't take you out of the action. Cut scenes. Show you. QTEs. Yeah, you are... The, the, the narrative of that fight, the way it unfolds, is completely dictated by your actions and your reactions, not based on any kind of scripting. And I think that that is um, that is an example of an of, a, of an exceptional boss fight, and I think that there are you know fights that happen in like Zelda games that get to that kind of thing, um, and uh, and of course in like Metroid games and like there, there's boss fights through history that have that, and I think that God of War, in trying to be so cinematic, kind of trips over itself in those fights sometimes. Um, so anyway, enough about God of War twenty eighteen. That's kind of where I've come around on to that game. But Ragnarok was something that I was originally not even planning on picking up for release. I was thinking like, eh, maybe I'll play it sometime early next year or something. But um, I was listening to, to Nextlander, which is at this point the only podcast I listen to, <laughs> um, like that I don't know people on anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the... They... Vinny was a little sour on it, not to podcast, but other podcasts. Not sour, that's the wrong term. Lukewarm on it. And had and and mainly started was talking about how they've kind of amped up the complexity of your of the loot and builds and gear and stuff yeah. even further. Mm-hmm. And in my head I was like, well that actually sounds fun. It sounds kind of cool <laughs> if it's like full on MMO levels of gear. I'm into that. And then um, they said a couple things about the story without getting into specifics that uh, that made me go like, oh, okay, this actually sounds like maybe I would find it interesting. So I decided to pick it up. And uh, I'm like two, 
this is a way to say where I am without any kind of spoiler. I just got to the tutorial where they tell you about um, like upgrading your gear. Okay, uh, I think so. I think we are in the exact same spot. Probably in a very similar spot. Um, you you hand over a, a shield. You you, you get yep. a mm-hmm. you, can, yep, you get yep, yep, shield. Yep, yep. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is exactly where I stopped. Uh, yes, me too. And I'm really enjoying it so far. I think it's. Um, I think it is. It has kind of addressed some of my frustrations with the first game. I'll talk like broadly. I'm not going to spoil anything specific, any specific moments, but um, I think you I know the first two hours, like yeah. talking about your, marketing, your, has your, ex, you know expanded yeah, upon more of what happens. The, the first couple of hours, without any spoiling any big moments that are really special but yeah um like early on you know you encounter freya who i thought was a pretty mishandled character in the first game um and she still hates you and wants to kill you but they go kind of out of their way to for kratos to like say well i killed her kid it's understandable that she hates us Mm, and i don't want to fight her and i don't want to kill her and you know she she'll hopefully she'll you know forgive us someday but probably not and they he they kind of go out of their way to justify her as a less of a like crazy lady and more of a like parent not even though not even gendering it not even making it about her being a mother but about her being a parent that had something happen to her child and that's why she hates you and stuff and and so i liked that because i liked her character a lot in the first game before they took the kind of shitty turn that they did with her. Yeah. I did too. So, I loved her that it's like, oh. Yeah, so okay. I'm glad that they I don't know how she's handled over the course of this game, but at least the opening they yeah. do seem to clean to attempt to clean up some of that mishandling a little bit. And um, she comes up multiple times through this intro. Um not necessarily cool appearing, she but she's just like she's mentioned. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, yes, so you encounter her, and then you yeah. you hear you you know there's a conversation that it uh, you know touches on her a bit, and I don't know if you've been reading the journal entries. I have, yes, but yeah, the, they're written like in in world as like as Kratos's oh, yeah, journal, yeah. and he's saying like you know. I can't go along with this because it it is just wrong to do, you know, what they're saying. And yeah, uh, yeah. So it, um, it is, you know, that that does give hope to, you know, yes, maybe and they're going to do right by this character. I think they might. I mean, there's a more diverse writing team on this game. That's another yes. reason why mm-hmm. I kind of was interested in picking it up. It's not just Corey Bar- Barlog, which I don't think I he think was he's the, the only person who touched the story last time. Yeah, but he was the chief. Yeah, I, mean, it was his I don't even think, I think he it's... worked on this game very much. It's possible. I don't know. I, I think I, he's I working on something that, else. I just know that there there was a more. It start. I believe Alana Pierce was the first person that they hired. Yeah, to, I think to work on the story. Yeah. and then I be, I think they've have more a wider expansion as well, um, beyond just her too. So um, that uh, and and what you're talking about speaks to the second thing that is I find. Um encouraging about the narrative so far is they are not it felt like in god of war 2018 they were trying to justify kratos as an asshole like they were trying to it's like kratos is a huge fucking asshole how on earth did he find a relationship with somebody 
when he <laughs> is and if you read the comic that they did for 2018 God of War it's all about how he has this unquenchable rage and he goes out in the forest for days by himself and basically like punches trees and bears to like deal with his rage and I just am like who how would it like this like ostensibly when they talk about her we don't know because we never fucking see her when they talk about her they talk about how Atreus's mother is this like loving caring person and Kratos is the whole time and is portrayed as this piece of shit and you know that clearly he must be more than that to yeah. have developed this tender mm-hmm. relationship with this woman but we never get to see any of it in that game and I think in this game right off the bat they do a much better job of making Kratos a more empathetic person um, and, and you get to see more of who he is um like honestly like i think even in a similar way to the first game i think the first game's opening scene where he's cutting the tree down mm-hmm. is pretty powerful the same thing is the case in this one like the way that it opens you know he's holding the the bag that had her ashes in it this is like the start menu so it's not yeah. a spoiler um and and he's considering that and and like the kind of pain that he's feeling and stuff I think is better conveyed. And he's also just a more empathetic dad too, right off Mm -hmm. the bat. Um, Not that he's like full on, you know, he still is a bit of a hard ass, um, but Mm -hmm. he seems to be more um, open to sharing his feelings with Atreus, I guess. And um, through, through not necessarily by saying them out loud, but through not needing to seem like he's callous and angry all the time. Um, And I think that that's a great evolution of the character because I don't really care if in lore he's mad because of the events Mm -hmm. of those first six games or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'd be be mad if that shit happened to me. (laughs) Sure, but that shit also happened in video game years like 100 years ago. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in where we're at now. I don't care. It was a very one of the things I'll still give 2018 credit for is the scene with Athena in the boat with the Blades of Chaos is mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. Like very mm-hmm. cool. Very well done. And I'm glad that they included that there. From that point yeah. on though, I don't need any kind of callbacks or mm-hmm. to talk about what happened in the previous game. So yeah. I think that, that the fact that he's a little more empathetic is nice. And then they also you know, without directly spoiling anything that that happens, and that really isn't a spoiler, they give voice to Faye, um, the 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 who died, the mother, yeah. and you get to see some of her in basically kind of in flashback. I mean, you'll play it and see. It's yeah, not that like it's incredible. I assume um, this will come up throughout the course. I would of hope the game. more more and more. It would be weird <laughs> if it was only this one point. <laughs> I think it's going to be dream about her, but yeah, yeah, I it's think it's going to be multiple sequence. times. I don't think that's a, that's spoilery to say. Yeah, um, and uh, and and they make it a lot more, you know, seeing them interact makes it feel more genuine and and believable that they had this relationship. So all those things I think are good. And then the the thing that I, I mean, I won't get too into the villains because they're fun to discover, or I guess I'm calling them villains right now, but. Man, when shit starts to pop off, I think it's pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's it starts off pretty similar in to how God of War twenty eighteen oh, yeah. starts shows off. Up. Like guy, guy shows stupid up, stupid fight. And, and in fact, 
it's the end of um yeah it's it's the, there is a when you like 100 percent god of war you get like a a yeah. teaser thing at the end and, and, and that it's, kind of, the, it's that this game starts a little bit before that actually yeah and then that happens about mm-hmm. a half hour in or whatever yeah um and i don't know i thought that like character shows up and wants to come inside and and talk mm-hmm. and i thought that whole sequence was like this is good mm-hmm. he's they're like sitting across from each other at the table and it's like oh boy this is like you you just put like Mentos in the bottle of Diet Coke. What's going to happen? <laughs> uh, and it's pretty good because there's like you can kind of cut the tension with a knife, and you know that yeah. these two dudes are going to fucking go to town soon. <laughs> uh, and uh, and it's pretty sick. And then another character shows up that is a really fun characterization of of you know their position in North mythology, and I I think it's really fun. Um, and uh, and then when, when he's like, okay, don't take all day. <laughs> and then things pop off. It's like, oh man, that's good. Yeah, it, they. Yeah, but so you, you say you say all that, and it, it's good. But then, how do you square that or compare that to what you were saying about God of War twenty eighteen, where you were like, eh, the combat overstays its welcome. You're just circling um, around a dude. I- I think um, like you know the, that fight is for sure yeah. your sort. I don't know that I think that the fight itself is that impressive mm-hmm. in this game. Um, Just the presentation think, is. Well, I mean the cutscene leading up to mm-hmm. it. Is the yeah, thing yeah, that yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fight itself is. Well, I'll say this: I do think that the the ways in which the character you're fighting evolves, kind of their abilities over the course of the the fight is interesting and i think it's i think the fight i'm also playing it on the hard difficulty so one step up from the the default yeah i'm doing Um, that too and it's pretty tough i i died Mm -hmm. several times during that fight not in an angry way though i I mean don't get me wrong i'm not saying that this game is as good as dark souls or elden ring in terms of its combat but um i what i will say is it at least i wasn't getting angry when i was dying i was like okay this is why I died. I need yep. to make sure I do this. Yep. I recognize this tell. I watch for this wind up, yep. et cetera. And that at least is good brain chemicals. And maybe if I had played the boss fights on a harder difficulty in the last game, I would feel similarly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wouldn't, but I will say that my biggest crit- criticism of Ragnarok so far is I do think there is too much combat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think when it's, I think it's good. I still think that the like, we're going to give you a, like, tiny field of view by making the camera super tight to Kratos' mm-hmm. back in combat sucks. I thought that sucked yeah. then. I think it sucks yeah. now. And then they have like arrows to show you when there's guys mm-hmm. behind you. Mm-hmm. It's just like just zoom the camera out another mm-hmm. 10 feet. Like sure. <laughs> this isn't really doing and and also frankly I don't know. I don't know that I think that the camera has to be locked to his point of view either. Um, mm-hmm. Like I get that you're aiming but I, I would have gone for I would have liked a more traditional third person camera I think. Yeah, um, something more like a Souls game has, um, but whatever I can I can deal with it. And I think that the the combat sequences are are good. I haven't had any fights where I've been like, well, that sucked. But um, mm-hmm. I will say that there have been times when I fought like through a group of enemies. And I'm like, okay, that was good. And then another wave shows up, and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
really do we need to do this right now yeah <laughs> uh is that especially because the way that experience in this game works is like in the previous game where you don't get experience per kill it's just like it's at like the end per of encounter fight. yeah yeah you get you get an experience point so i that is my biggest criticism is that i think that there is a little more calm like a little more the enemy count is maybe like 10 to 20 percent too high for me Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but it's whatever I'd, I can deal with it and and part of that is I'm doing to myself because I'm sure on a lower difficulty those fights would go a little bit quicker um, so uh, you know yeah. but I am I want to stay at the difficulty I'm at because I want to experiment with builds and stuff and have it actually yeah. be consequential um, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm happy with that and I have died like once or twice in regular old fights yeah. just from getting surrounded um, so it, it seems like it's about the right level of difficulty. I will say I would agree. Sam and I were talking about it. I agree with Sam in that it is kind of silly that you're the fucking, you're fucking Kratos and four yep. bandits come up, roll up on you. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, they killed you in a few yeah. hits. Mm-hmm. And it's even on the harder <laughs> difficulties, it feels like you should be stomping these, these totally baby berserker type guys with Um, you've got this magical axe that can you know (laughs) uh kill gods and you know do whatever and fell giants and these these dudes are just like shrugging it off it's ridiculous yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i i i think i must have known that the axe is like Stormbreaker oh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the, mm-hmm. I don't From... remember the story in, in mythology, but you know how Thor gets an axe in the Marvel movies. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a thing mm-hmm. in Norse lore too, or whatever. And there's, I won't say it because I don't want to spoil it. Cause it's, a, I don't want to be as spoiler free as possible, but there is a moment where a character talks about your axe offhand. And I was like, Oh, right. Okay. And I feel like it's something that I should have, that, that they maybe say in the first game and I forgot. Um, huh. But I don't know. It's kind of a fun little bit of lore that I think is interesting. And that's a big thing with this game too. Um, and I'll say before I wrap it up, but you need to have played, god of war 2018 yeah to it, is, it is a direct game. <laughs> direct sequel it is not even just a direct sequel in terms of you could look up the plot of god of war 2018 it is like even already it's doing things where it's like going do you remember this pretty minor moment in god mm-hmm. of war 2018 in the grand scheme of things or feature of god of war 2018 yeah where where like there in God of War 2018, there were these like you could find these storyboard panel yeah. things. Mm-hmm. You like open them up, and they're like storytelling boards. And already, and they don't talk about those in the recap at all. Mm-hmm. And and they were like collectibles. And already, yeah, they were just here is a, fairly, a Norse myth. Yeah, there's been a fairly major story beat that you don't revolves know. around those. Yeah. If you panels. didn't go, oh right, I remember these, then it would have way less. <laughs> play mm-hmm. <laughs> it, uh the, the so whole think, yeah. yeah the whole beginning of this game and my understanding is the rest of the game is all taking place in places that you went to 
in God of War 1. Later on, I'm sure there's more places, but it, it's like Yakuza in the way... Yes. Or the, you know, like the Like a Dragon series, in the way that it's using the same locations to become... Like the the location, the world is a character, and you're going back yes. through, and they're using that nostalgia or your familiarity with the place to yeah, that's try a new good things way to, and to put it because I have not felt at all like it's a retread or like lazy or hmm. anything like that. It, it has not been a like can't believe they reused this area in, in any way. Um, it's more that of course the story like yeah. The, this is the world. Like, of course, they're going to go back to places they were they were in in the last one because they went all over Midgard in the last one. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting. I still struggle a little bit. This is an issue I had with God of War twenty eighteen, and this is an issue that I have with this game, and it's an issue that I'm probably going to continue to have that they maybe I'm hoping address a bit is so old God of War games take place in Greece, right? Mm. And they're pretty firmly set on a map of Greece and like there's one where you go to the island of Crete and like that makes sense so this game takes place in Midgard hmm. I don't really know where in relation to Greece Midgard I mean you would assume in a Norse country <laughs> uh, but it's also surrounded by a giant snake in the first game. And it kind of seems like outside of the bounds of the snake, there's like not really anything there. And yeah, so I know it's who knows the, the sense of place in really. And I don't know if it's because it's like, Oh, well you travel through the Bifrost to get to Midgard and it's a different realm. Hmm. I, like, I don't, but then how did, you know, how did Kratos get to the Bifrost? Oh, exactly. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. That stuff is all stuff. I want to know how it connect. I don't care about the events of the game, of the old games. Mm-hmm. I don't want to revisit them, but I am interested how it connects. Yeah. But it sounds like this game is potentially, this isn't a spoiler because I don't know really what I'm talking about, but my inkling from hearing people talk about this game is that it is a, Part of the reason it's not a numbered sequel is because it's more of a bridge to further games than it is a, like, you know, Assassin's Creed Origins to Assassin's Creed Odyssey kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So it'll be, I'm interested to see where it goes. I think, I think, uh, I think it'll be fine. And I am, I'm into the, I like that it has a cooldown stat. I can't remember if the last game had that or not, but... Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the stat shit is cool. It's, I, it's pretty. I it's... looked it up earlier, and Cory Balrog was just a producer on this game. He wasn't a director, so maybe he is directing whatever game is on the other side of the bridge. Mm. And I don't, I don't hate him either. To be clear, yeah. like I don't think he, I don't think that God of War twenty eighteen is a bad game by any means. I just think that it suffers in retrospect. Oh, yeah. from the overwhelming critical acclaim because it doesn't allow for. Um, a wider range of critical thought and 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 you know uh whatever writing conversation because it is so you know everybody loves this game what do you mean you don't like this game um and so yeah i think that uh i think so far i'm it's been nice to see that ragnarok has had a few a little bit more of a from like players i know it's gotten has crazy metacritic score but um it seems like it's gotten a little bit more of a mixed response and in some ways for stupid reasons, in my opinion, but 
<laughs> in a way, I almost think that that's helpful to the conversation around it because mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, I haven't yet seen a graphic. I'm sure it exists, but it hasn't been shoved in my face. A graphic of Kratos with 40, 10 out of 10 scores around 10. <laughs> um, and I think that that is a good thing for the conversation around it, even if it's got, a, I'm looking now, it's got a 94 meta score. So it's, yeah. you know, huge critical acclaim. But the the conversation around it is a little less uh, around players is a little less you know love it or you're an idiot basically <laughs> sure uh, I am I was also in the camp of like eh, I don't know if I'm gonna play it maybe I'll get it on sale like blah 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 but then hearing you be positive on it and just kind of hearing like mostly just from hearing you be positive on the, that opening bit. I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I do want to play it, I guess. And, yeah. um, it's also I, not going to go on sale until like yeah. a year from now. So yeah, but the, I think like, the, cause I, I didn't end up playing much. I played like 10 hours, maybe 15 hours of horizon forbidden West. And that's like not much of that game at all. And I was like, uh, maybe I just don't want to play like those kinds of games, but, it's just a little bit of God of War I played. I think part of what kind of knocked me out of Forbidden West was the open worldness of it. Yes. Yep. And just like, okay, now I got now I got this uh, this dialogue tree, and I got to go through the dialogue tree. I I can get past the. I have to stop at every mark on the map and do everything, and like I can get past that. It's just like when I get to a place like, okay, I want to talk to people. I want to go through every dialogue option and find you know the lore because I think the lore is interesting, but these days i mean i just want to i just want to fucking play the game you know and yeah, i mean uh, god of war has has a lot of cutscenes. It, it is very slow and just like okay you're gonna watch this unfold in the beginning plotting, and it's yeah sure. yeah and it's not the most like you know there's there's combat but it's not the most like balls to the wall constantly no, going no. or you know it's not called strength it's not me, yes I yeah think. totally yeah. and just you know it's not it's not destiny it's not call of duty it's not yeah. you know whatever other game i'm playing these days um but the fact that it's just like okay gameplay okay here's the story the story is going to unfold yes. and then you can just move on and i you know there isn't like a ton of extra stuff you know it's like oh there's some extra dialogue you can get is is refreshing again and it's nice to just yeah. have like the the linear story even if there you know there's other stuff to do and like extra stuff but it's not I mean, it's not Horizon, so freeform or whatever. And I was good, so impressed but... by the very beginning of Horizon, mm-hmm. and then I had a major early part spoiled for me, and it fucking sucked. Um, and so that's the main reason that I put it down because I was like, "Well, I'm not going to see it." And then on Twitter, I saw another gameplay thing that I was excited for and didn't know about that I was hoping for get spoiled, and I was like, "Okay, well, I guess in this age, if you don't play the game within a week of it coming out, you're just gonna." You're not going to get to experience it for yourself unless you yeah. just tune out completely of the internet. Yep. Uh, and that was a part of my frustration with it. But at the, but also, more importantly, I just, that like first area in Forbidden West, I did all the stuff in it and I was already exhausted and I was like, mm-hmm. this is like a tiny, this is like the white orchard yep. to the game's whole open world and I'm already feeling mm-hmm. fatigue from yeah. the open. And I think it's just a shifting... I'm going to be interested to see how I respond to Starfield because the sure. same thing happens to me when I play Cyberpunk. I actually have come to really like Cyberpunk. I think it's it's in a really fun place. I go back to it every month or so for a night, and I'm like, man, I think that 
the shooting could be better. It's not yeah. like the best shooter ever, but I think that like the 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 world is incredible to look at now. I mean, it feels a lot more alive since they've kind of fixed a lot of the bugs that were cool. with the crowds and the cops and, and the traffic and stuff. All feels way more organic now. You know, I really like the tone. I like the vibe. I like walking around the corner and like having people be like, "What's your problem, fucker?" and stuff. Like, I <laughs> I like that like grody, fucked up cyberpunk stuff. Um, I, I can even get past the fact that I think the driving in that game sucks because it's fun to drive around the city because it's so cool looking. But then I look at my list of shit to do. I like, I always like wander around for 20 minutes and just take it all in. And then I look at my list of stuff to do and I'm like, fuck man, I have like 14 quests and there's like 200 icons on the map already. And I, I am just exhausted by this stuff. I just, I, I think I'm still into the concept of big open worlds, but I kind of want big open worlds that are like, whatever, man, it's a sandbox. Do whatever you want. Not big open worlds that are like, here's the main quest line and a hundred side quests. Um, that's just, it's just super exhausting anymore. Um, and, and so I think that that is definitely a strength of God of War is of Ragnarok is that it, it still has exploration and there's still some freedom. Sure. You're not, you're not rail. You don't feel railroaded necessarily. Um, it doesn't feel like those old God of War games where there's two directions to walk in and one of them's the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but it I mean, that was have... that was God of War 2018. Was you know there you, you get to exactly. a spot yeah. where it opens up and yeah, and it's doing that again. And I think that is the the level of open world I want for my narrative games. Is yep. We've mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, even Elden Ring is an example. I don't. I think that that world is really well designed. So I, I, I have, I had less fatigue going through it because, honestly, it's doing what I just said I like, yeah. which is yes, there is a main narrative, but it's more about just going out and exploring. Yeah, it's your, just uh, your own pace. Figure your way through this world and yes, that's, without that's tons the... of icons and stuff. So, so if anything, Elden Ring is actually the exact kind of open world design that I'm yeah. asking for and looking for. But um, even in the case of Elden Ring, my biggest criticism of that game and the reason why I actually think maybe while I still think it's incredible and an incredible achievement and has some of the most stunning environments and bosses of any of the Souls games, I think I still resonate with Dark Souls 3 more than Elden Ring is partly because that world in making it so big and having to fill it with things, there is content that feels repeated and feels reused. and that is, I think, kind of in some ways detracts from some of the better moments when it's like, oh, this catacomb looks like the one I was in mm-hmm. six hours ago, and it's the same boss, but Listen, two of them how, how many catacombs uh, have you been in? Uh. <laughs> it's a fair point, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, and I, obviously, I think still think Elden Ring is it's top three game of the year for me, uh, yeah. and very, very possibly my number one, but... Uh, um, it, it's, it's an interesting, I, I guess I, I either want open worlds that, that offer that kind of exploration and also don't feel like they have to cram stuff in, or I want these kinds of narrative games where there's exploration and discovery, but it's not trying to fight for having the biggest map size. And that's ultimately why I'm really interested in Starfield, because I think maybe there's a chance that Starfield is going to kind of split the difference between Skyrim and that Elden Ring style of mm. lots of open space. 
probably through procedural generation, it sounds like. Not yeah. necessarily through authored, hand-authored content, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, sure. uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to check it out. All right. Well, there's God of War Ragnarok. We'll and, periodically yeah, I check in, I'm sure. But... Take my leave to get IndyCar. Uh, is that is that a pun? IndyCar? IndyCar is a racing series. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is this yeah, an IndyCar race? IndyCar. No, it's not. Oh, well. Dude, it would be sick if they did IndyCar endurance racing, but no, <laughs> those cars are not made to drive for 10 hours. Uh, is, no, we are driving, for anyone interested, we are driving a Mercedes AMG GT3 2020 Evo. Uh, so GT car uh, at Suzuka oh, uh, in mm-hmm. Japan for 10 hours. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good luck with that. Yep. And, uh, thank you. May the force be with you. Uh, and also with you. <laughs> um, so. Have fun. Enjoy the Marvel Snap. Oh, that's not going to pick up on my uh, audio here because I got the noise removal. I, for listeners, I snapped. Uh, but oh. I don't think anyone <laughs> could hear that. I d- yeah, I did not hear that. <laughs> Yeah, no, this NVIDIA broadcast software just does not let the snaps through. But yeah, uh, Pat that and was I... A good, that was a good discussion, and I, I, yeah, I was not thinking I was going to pick that up anytime soon, and now I'm like, damn, maybe I should? So yeah, we'll see. Let, it, let us uh, get through some more of it. And I might actually do that, it, yeah. yeah. Especially since I know that in less than a week, it's it's Pokemon time for me, so. Mm-hmm. Pokemon season. But uh, yes. yeah, we're as Pat said, uh, you have also been playing some Marvel Snap. Yeah. Oh Pat my and god, I, I am discussed a discussed it last addicted. week, but uh, would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, we've well, been having some fun back and forth about like, oh, I've been trying this deck, or like this has happened, and look at look at this board uh, has been yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think it's it. it fixes a couple of um issues that i have with like car- with like collectible card games uh specifically uh you know i used to play a decent amount of hearthstone um and i just I, the the things that kind of were the uh the difficult parts for me other than the whole blizzard of it all uh was uh, that it was um with these types of card games, I always get really overwhelmed when building decks. Yeah. Um, it, especially when there's just, like, so many different cards. There's so many different, you know, you you need to have so many cards in a deck. And that that was always a lot. Uh, and then it was some of them where it was just uh, kind of frustrating. Some of the, the games being kind of either long or where you realize, okay, I'm... I'm dying or I'm I'm going to lose but you know it, it you're a win is basically a win. So I feel like the snap system of where you can go where something weird can happen and you go, "No, okay, fair enough." and then lose only <laughs> one cube versus eight is very is is very makes all of the kind of sillier decks or the sillier locations makes you go Okay, fair enough. Uh, there have and been so you don't many feel times like... where I'm, uh, I get confident, I'm like snap, and then <laughs> like know, some bullshit too. happens. I'm like, "Are you kidding me? 
How could, how could this happen? Sometimes you're like, oh, I've got this. And then you're like, oh, I didn't do the math right. Oh, God. Or like, uh, I, you know, I misplayed that or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Me too. Or or you forget that they have like a Cosmo on there so you can't do a reveal. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It's so easy. And I just fucked that up. Yep. Uh, Been there. So, so losing doesn't feel bad. And then building the decks is pretty straightforward. Uh, and then also just the fact that the games are just so quick, it, it's just it's 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 just a, the perfect level of kind of both addicting and also, um, you know, accessibility for people who are m- maybe like a little overwhelmed by other card games like uh, Magic or Hearthstone or something where it's like here I feel like the um, the it's it's very all the things that kind of made like made me go, well, I would like to get more into this, but are gone from Marvel Snap. Um and, and then and then you also have like the card system where it's based solely off of collection level and not buying card decks. So yeah. it's like there's never a feeling of like, oh, well if I put more money into this game, then I might have a better chance of winning. There's there's none of that. So it's like yeah, uh, there's, there's always some aspect of that, but it's such a bad uh, value proposition. Like even right. worse than like other games, and the way it works is just don't fucking spend money on this game to try and get cards. Like you'll get right. The the only problem is we kind of talked about this a little bit in the chat is the way they dole out credits is pretty credits slow because you can only yeah. get it through daily or. Like the the daily challenges or the weekly challenges, and or, or and, also the um, if you're doing the uh, the, the battle pass, battle or, pass, yeah, yeah, the battle pass, and then like you can get the occasional like fifty credits from the. Um, there are a few ways, but like playing a game doesn't get you any. And if playing a game got you like ten credits, you twenty credits or something, or it's like a win got you ten, or if you know. Losing gets you ten, a win gets you twenty. That would be, that would be great. Uh, just to because as you want to level up the cards, they take. There's like I'm not gonna say exponential, but there is a growth. It's like ten, yeah. twenty five, seventy five. You know, whatever it goes up to like a hundred, two hundred, four hundred, and so like you know if you're just you're even like, if okay. you're just getting a little bit of uh, credits every time, it would be nice because uh, it all. Even if I'm not, like, I'd still like to feel like I'm getting something by playing. And you get right. boosters by completing matches and stuff. But but also th- by the time that you complete matches, but I, I don't know about you, but look at, let's see how many cards I, I could theoretically upgrade. Uh, yeah, I could, I could upgrade a lot, but I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't have the credits for it. And Ex- yeah, so it's like, I, yeah, so the boosters, like that's the least of my issues. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've got boosters for days. Uh give me a better way to earn credits. One of the nice things I mentioned this last week is the daily challenges reset every or like you get more daily challenges like every like four hours or something instead of yeah. just like here here's your one set of daily challenges, but you only get two challenges at a time. You mm-hmm. can spend gold to which you get like just through playing the game through like the collection track or through the battle pass or through you know various things 
and you can spend like 120 gold to reset to or to generate two daily challenges but like i don't i don't want to spend gold on that i want to spend gold on variants so yeah that's i i'm great, hoarding but... my gold there's mm-hmm. some variants that i've seen where i'm like oh i kind of like that but i'm waiting for like a really good variant uh because i, I, there, I, I got a multiple some... man variant today uh that was like multiple man like doing a relay with himself okay that's pretty great yeah. Uh, uh, I I saw on uh, Reddit that there's a uh, Jubilee variant that's basically like 90s anime themed. And okay. I'm like, that's good. I would build a deck around mm-hmm. Jubilee for that. Because so. <laughs> uh, it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, what, what deck are you currently running? Uh, currently running um, a deck that is like both destroy and also annoy other people um mm-hmm. deck because i there's an article i saw uh, i think it was on kotaku where it was like it marvel snapped people like playing as being an asshole while playing it i'm like that's me um <laughs> yeah so it's basically has a lot of um uh nova bucky carnage um and then uh killmonger killmonger oh, is great because oh, yeah, Yep. Because like I mentioned in our chat, uh, sometimes there's Sunspot, who's a 1-1, but gets pumped up if you don't use energy. I, oh, I, my I, God. I, I ran into the stupidest fucking Sunspot deck ever today. I'll tell you about it after. But then but then you use Killmonger, and you're like, okay, yeah, there's that 1-9 Sunspot. Um, tough luck. Uh, sucks to be you. Uh, so yep. I like that, but I also kind of... Um, vary between that and kind of a more uh a deck that has more ongoing type cards and then there's there's a card there's a deck that has a lot more reveals and that that's also an annoying deck because i i have that's the one that i have hobgoblin in and that's fun to play uh all right i gotta tell you about this this sunspot yeah so they like the first hand they don't play anything and then the second round, they play Sunspot. And then they're just not playing anything. Like, they're just, like, no cards. They have Sunspot in the middle, and that's it. And it's just, like, getting mm-hmm. up. It's, like, one, you know, it's got, like, nine energy or something at this point. Like, on turn five, they play another. They play, like, one, like, five cost. Twenty. It's, like, five cost, like, five energy, 20 damage, or, you know, 20 power. And you can't play it if you played a, a card the turn before. And so mm-hmm. he's got... He just has, like, two cards out. And I'm yeah. like, I fucking lost. Like, I can't beat this because <laughs> he's gonna... Like, with my hand and what they have, like, you have two cards out and I can't beat you. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, I've ridiculous. seen people do Sunspot and, and Infinite, where you put out Sunspot right away and then just let it pump up. And then mm-hmm. you have the infinite for 20 and it's like yeah that's that's exactly what it was yep and then i think it might have been on a space that like doubled power for the infinite and it's like what you're like that might not have been a thing but it was still just like are you kidding me um so so yeah it was a whole it was a whole deal and i I just felt bad about that but i was able to just like retreat 
and go, okay, we're not yeah. fucking doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I, I, I'm, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing that I think is, 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 is so good about the, is the, about the game with the retreat and uh, snapping system is that it, it really, anytime you see something where it's like completely silly or something gets kind of thrown out, thrown in your face where you're like, oh, no, that, uh, that was a, dumb thing or or the the locations are being silly you can yeah. usually it doesn't feel too bad um yeah. because there are uh, there are so many times where something is just like really funny mm-hmm. and you're like oh I, no this is yeah i i had a very uh like appropriate canonically appropriate match uh where i so i started running today a like control control deck i guess where i mm-hmm. can lock down zones and say no, nothing can come in here nothing can move here nothing can, yeah like, you can't play anything in this space and using like storm and mag uh professor x uh you can just lock Which, down those are two cards that always piss me off when mm-hmm, they come mm-hmm. up so i'm like mm-hmm. i need to come up with a good deck it's, to counter that because anytime yeah. those come either of those come out i'm like Oh, no. So this game I had, I don't even remember exactly how it happened, but both left and right side were locked down. I think it was maybe right side, the left side had, will become one of the other locations after turn three. And on turn three, I played Storm and Storm on, when you reveal her, floods a location. And then the turn after is the last turn you can play a card there. And then on the, the following turn it, nothing can be played there anymore and so after turn three the left side became a flooded zone and so it was going to be locked down on the next turn uh so i had left and right not locked down and on the last and i was winning both of those so i was like okay we're solid nothing in the middle and i played professor x in the middle and professor x makes it so no cards can be added or removed to a sp- to mm-hmm. a location it, it locks the location down basically it's yeah like, even more so than others because like if a location is flooded you can still like move still, there you just can't place a card there at the start of a turn right and you can still increase like if you have um blue marvel or something mm-hmm. and, yeah, and i you think can... doesn't professor x completely just like lock it no down, i don't like, i don't think so i think it's only like you can't add or remove cards or like do oh, stuff okay, like that i, I think... thought it was like completely like like freezes everything I, including improvement i have i haven't i haven't tested that but i don't i don't think so um because you can because part of my build is using like the guardians of the galaxy and when people play a card on the same spot they'll get a boost and so you can play a card like at the same time so what happened in this mm-hmm. game was uh i was revealing first and this is the only reason it worked is that there wasn't like a strategy here but i just played professor x in the middle and this person played a card i had never seen before which was magneto yeah you know you may know professor x and magneto mm-hmm. old friends mm-hmm. uh rivals or uh you know, not not so much enemies but they are on opposite sides and magneto pulls three and four cost cards to whatever location he has played on that would have lost me the game but because I had played and revealed Professor X first, it locked down the zone and nobody could move in. So nothing could be played on the sides. 
and then nothing could move to the middle. So it was just completely frozen. That was awesome. I had another game where everything was locked down by turn six. So on turn six, no one could do anything. We just had to like, okay, hit and get er, and turn. Uh, that was also very fun because I won that one. So I am enjoying the this lockdown deck. I want to revisit my Spider-Man deck once I can get Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and Venom in that deck. But that's going to take me a while. Still got a ways to go. But I'm having a lot of fun with the uh, the theme decks and trying out the different yeah. strategies. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, it, I I think it it like I said I have a I have several I have a few decks that I've I kind of jump back and forth between um you know playing around with certain like movement decks too um and it's it's just really fun to try different strategies and um it it feels like things just keep changing so much that you're you're constantly kind of coming up with new fun strategies which is yeah uh, enjoyable yeah no I had a movement deck that i i liked using quite a bit but it, i was like stalling out in the in like the 30-ish rank area and i was so too I'm, yeah i'm hoping I, that this uh this lockdown deck will be able to get me higher if i can you know but it's also pretty dependent on like getting combos and like the right cards like if i get storm and jessica jones together that's a really good combo mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh Marvel Snap, still good. I have not yeah, bought no. this Battle Pass, though. The Black Panther okay. Battle Pass. I have to... I already have, because I have no self-control. Well, I, I I mean, it's one of those games where it's... Paying, like, ten bucks a month feels completely fine for me, considering how uh, much I'm enjoying and how much I play this game sure. so far. So, it's been it's been good. Um yeah, so and and there's I just I I keep getting excited for new cards and more more strategies and it's just super super fun. Um and I keep looking up decks and strategies and I'm like this is this is becoming a thing now. So it's yeah, it's it's a good good mobile game and I didn't bring this up earlier, but I think the thing I was thinking about this kind of today, yesterday, um, the thing that is making it work for me where other like mobile card games haven't is that all the cards are so simple and easy to grasp that you read, mm-hmm. you read the description. You're like, Oh, okay. I got it. Easy. Yeah. And you know, and there's like what, 12, 16 cards in a deck. I don't know. Something like that. And so with only, you know, that many cards, it's easy to just like, okay, I know what every card here does. It's not some super complicated. It's just when a card moves here or when you move a card to this location, add two power to this card mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And that's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I understand exactly what that does. Some of them you don't really, you, you might not understand until you play it and see it actually in right. action. I've had There's that happen. There's a couple of times but... where I see them come up and I'm like, I don't what that is uh but like this, this yeah. sounds too stupid like why would this be a thing and then <laughs> you go oh i tried this and it was i did not play that right uh, but i there's like oh it's like galactus is like destroys every other card and i'm like okay. <laughs> so what dumb. what you're like huh 
that that's the thing that I think is that I like the most about this is that it's it's not really you can't take it too seriously. It's it's just like what, uh, yeah. but but there is enough there is enough strategy in there that it's like yeah. it's it's fun while think, also having those moments where you're like, yeah. I think I got gal- like, Galactus from one of those like if you fill up this location you get a zero cost six you get a yeah. six cost card that costs zero and is like pull out Galactus and I'm like. What, I, what am okay, I supposed to I do got, with this? I... <laughs> but okay, so I got I did that too. I I I always tend to go for that because I've 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 had some good yeah. luck with the Absolutely. zero cost uh, for six. Yeah. Like I, but I had one where it was it was it was on the far left side, and it's like you fill it all up, and I get the card, and it's can only be played on the left side, and I was like. Fuck. <laughs> Like, hoisted dumb. by your own petard i know you should have put I a know. night crawler in there and that way you could move i out. know <laughs> it's like i was like this is so fucking dumb <laughs> what a waste i know it, it is it is funny when the game conspires like that to just make the worst board possible it's it's you know it it sucks in some ways because you're like I, my strategy but also it's uh, also funny. Yeah, you just have to laugh. Like this, this yeah. game. Where where you where you have the ones where it's like, for uh the location that's like okay from now you draw from your opponent's deck and you're like what? I, oh god, those I are the worst. <laughs> I know, but sometimes it sometimes it works out, and then the the worst is when you get ego, but then you kind of are like well. It is what it is, I guess. Uh, I think I got ego once. Wait, does ego play cards? What? Mm-hmm. Which one does? Ego okay, plays. Yeah. It plays for both. Um, both of you. So you just mm-hmm. kind of have to watch the game. Sure. Yeah. That's. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find some stupid decks I've played. Uh, or yeah, stupid things I've played against. Like, oh, I can't even. Yeah, I, don't, I just. Don't, there are so many like ridiculous combos of locations of like yeah. you, you you can't play cards worth one two or three here and then another space is you can't play cards with four five or six here you can't play mm-hmm. cards on turns three four and five in this location like can't play any cards anywhere at any time what what is going on here yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it is very uh silly the way that can play out but it, it can be yeah, frustrating ones... if you're like really trying to climb. Uh, Pat expressed some frustration about that last week, but I just I yeah, think I think it's silly, and I, I don't think mind it's it. funny. I, yeah, I, I for me, I'm just like I'd rather have it be like a sillier game than like more competitive, yeah. I guess. And that that's totally. that that's just me is kind of uh, yeah. The the one that the one that drives me uh, a little bit crazy is the one where it's like the the game ends at turn four, and you're like. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes yeah, you get there's a seventh turn in this game and sometimes you get this game ends on turn four and <laughs> yeah i i also have i i also love the love the emotes where uh sometimes you'll get that one and then somebody will use I, their I have riot had, to destroy it and you go yeah uh, uh-huh i've had uh so this... one of the emotes is the spider-man pointing meme it's the best and I've had a game where I someone had the same Miles Morales uh, avatar as I do, mm-hmm. and then we were running 
basically the same deck. And so for the first two turns, we were making almost exactly the same moves. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> that, that is the, that is a fun, the funny mode. Um, yeah. It's, so we just, it, you know, both point of, at each other or like, you know, you play the yeah. same car, you just point at the person. It's very funny. It's very funny. Well, that, that kind of like, again, it's like, it's not, um, I kind of like that it's less serious because it's, uh, yeah. I, I feel like the community that's around it is, has, is pretty, you know, enjoys that or like with, with ego, I, I've, I, I haven't run into people, anybody doing this, but, uh, the, the meta on, on Reddit, Reddit for it is if you get ego, you got, you all, what you got to do is you both snap and let ego decide who gets the eight <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> just like, like it's, in, it's in ego's hands now. Yeah, it's in ego's hands now. Um, there's there's just so many funny things too of like when you get the ones where you pl- where you get a bunch of rocks and you go okay fair uh, enough and then you play carnage on it and you're like mm-hmm. look at C- carnage eat them rocks yep. you gotta mm-hmm. grow strong. I, I I've got a Koye in my deck and so I stat uh, you know I, she does like I a don't power have her up. in my deck but I love her and yeah. I need that. And every... then if you can get the double. The like on reveal effects happen twice. Then you can get plus two on your rocks, and you just play rocks. <laughs> That's always so. Uh, or or when you put uh, the uh, Hulkbuster armor on a squirrel or something. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Hulkbuster like, okay. squirrel. Yep. Yep. It's yeah. A little, yeah, that silly interaction stuff is always fun to see, and yeah getting into like weird loops recursive loops of abilities like i i once sat waiting for a minute for a for an ability loop to finish because i filled a it was a location that was when you play a card here fill it with copies of that card Mm -hmm. and so i played odin on turn six on this location (laughs) and so odin's (laughs) ability is on reveal he activates all the other cards reveal ability. Mm-hmm. And so, or yeah, it makes it all happen again. So it just every Odin is like procking the previous Odin's ability, who then procs the next mm-hmm. Odin's ability, who then procs the next Odin. You know, it's just, it's just this yeah. recursive. It went on for like a minute of just like them doing their ability. It wasn't doing anything else because it was only affecting the Odins on this square. Right. <laughs> it's just, they're just like, bzz, bzz. And I was like, wait, did I break the game? <laughs> and and there's also like there's some really interesting like decks that you can do with that sort of thing to, with with like various thing. I I saw a, a deck um that was playing uh Cerebro which basically adds uh two to your highest uh, your highest power cards get two power. But I don't know how but they'd somehow managed that every single other card that they had uh, had two power. So it was like, it was just like uh, multiplying <laughs> so everything. Every, everything got two power. Everything became every, four. Every, yeah, exactly. Huh. And then I, th- I think they maybe like played it again. Like there was one of those where you could play it again. So it was just like, yeah. it, was like it was like, damn, okay. Um, <laughs> it's like there, there's some that. really funny kind of strategies where like, I'm not even mad. I'm just kind of impressed. Yeah. Like, okay, this seems weird. 
but yeah, I've not seen that card before. Uh, yeah, I saw. I've only seen it once, and I was like, "What?" Well, uh, I. That's well, we had some pool three, so yeah, which is weird. level four sixty two. I think I I think maybe I it, somebody got it with like a random card because I I'm but, not in I pool mean the random yet. the random card you can't pull the random card to in 462 but it would be I think it would just be uh because they're in like your rank level could be yeah in the, in the you know in the ranking yeah and I'm getting and, I, and I'm at rank and I'm at uh collection level 414 so I'm getting closer to pool 3 so we'll see yeah I'm, but I'm getting close but then i can finally maybe get spider-man and venom but we'll see uh, but yeah that's that's another marvel snap check-in it's i uh, know I, still, i'm still i'm a little it. addicted when i stop this podcast i'm gonna go play more marvel snap sure <laughs> nothing wrong with that uh, <laughs> but you have been playing something else and yeah, I think I first saw this game on a Nintendo Direct, and I just went. Mm-hmm. They made near Automata Animal Crossing was my first reaction. Uh, this game was Harvestella. It's a square, yeah, square so Enix. This was game. This is. It was the farming. The, the direct. The farming direct. Exactly. So this was the direct where they had like. Like all the farming games, and here's another one. <laughs> um, uh, but Harvestella came out, and it is uh, the JRPG harm- uh, farming game, uh, which basically is uh, you are living uh, living in this world where um, the har- like the seasons are determined by these crystals because it's of course it's uh, Square Enix uh, kind of. Um, yeah, you have the crystal, um, and there's there's a lot of mystery surrounding these surrounding the seasons, uh, specifically and the um, day between the seasons, which is the quietest, which is, is basically everything dies during that. Uh, so there's a lot of um, so you're doing the you're I'm still fairly early on because I'm taking a lot of time with it. Uh, but basically, you are trying to investigate this. You also have amnesia. You have this character who you're becoming friendly with who uh, came from the future. Um, that's not really a spoiler. She, you, you find that out pretty much right away. And uh, was in in something near one of the crystals. And you're just trying to... You're, so there's like this whole mystery, this kind of JRPG. You have to travel and investigate and in addition to that, you're also um, doing a farm, basically, to kind of support yourself financially uh, and uh, grow things that you're able to, for example, um, use as as food or make make into make into food, which you can either sell or you can use as healing items because that's the only they don't. There aren't really any other healing items. It's basically all based off of food. So, for example, if you want to go out to uh, fight a boss, you might want to make sure that you uh, grow something so you can cook something so that you have some good healing items with you. And that's the thing that I think is it works maybe the best of, of this game, is that sure. kind of loop of... Um, what you do on your farm kind of helps uh, 
with the investigating with the um, JRPDG kind of dungeon crawling, and then in the dungeon you might come across some seeds, and you go, okay, time, then I can um, grow this, and that'll be able to make me make more money. Um, it's it's also nice because it is really a lot more focused on the RPG kind of aspect of it, uh, mm. with the farm being kind of like the the side activity. So, uh, you know, at the start of your day, you might get up and uh, harvest your items, water your plants, and then that'll, that won't take very long. So then you can go do your, um, you spend most of your time kind of doing the JRPG dungeon crawling and then come back at the end of your, your day and kind of reset. Uh, there's quite a bit of crafting. It's not too necessarily um, the... Uh, complexity of something like the uh like a atelier game um but it's in you know, most most crafting systems aren't so it's it, it's <laughs> but it, but i think that it works out with both the um with being with making a lot of stuff that you are going to use for exploration um for example there's there's stuff where you need to where you have a a uh, cracked wall so you you can craft a bomb and then do that um and that adds to your exploration or repair kits which can repair a bridge and then you can go a different um have a shortcut which means which will be helpful for the next time that you go into that dungeon because uh there is still that time system that the that because it's a it's a like farming sim type game so you do sure. have that you know you have to be home by a certain amount of time um right kind of system so i think that it's the the gameplay loop is really good um and it's it's really quite fun it's it's interesting um i because i don't I i think that if you're looking for purely a farming game this likely won't be scratch your itch just because it is pretty rudimentary compared to a lot of other kind of farming games and then in terms of JRPG, it, it's it's an action kind of combat, and it's pretty pretty basic. Um, there's a an interesting job system that you can switch between jobs that um, works pretty well, um, but it, it is still kind of pretty basic combat. So I I think that the the thing where the game shines really is in that kind of gameplay loop, um, where you are you do have a lot of options for that um so so i think that it, it's one of those games where it, it the the reviews have been so far pretty mixed and i i can't really even disagree with that but the gameplay loop is is so uh appealing to me that i'm still really enjoying my time with it that seems just like par for the course with jrpgs these days it's yeah either it's, you're going to gel with what they're doing or you're not yeah, so. it's yeah, and I think that it it has an, an interesting tone um to the game where it's you're in this kind of dying world that's trying to just kind of eke out a a living. Um it, it reminds me of the um actually one of the Atelier trilogies, the Dusk trilogy, um which is kind of the same 
thing. So part of it makes me just want to go play more Atelier games. Sure. Uh, but it, but I think that there's... Um, well, did they you know, announce a new here. one in that Farming Direct, right? They sure did. I'm excited. Um, although I, it made me want to go back and actually com- finish the Dusk trilogy because it has that kind of darker feel to it that, that this does. But there's... Um, a lot of interesting characters in it so far. Uh, side quests that are are focused a lot on on characters and story, and I, I think it's I think it's good. It's it's a little bit rough. I know that a lot of people were unhappy that it's a full sixty dollar game, but it's not voice acted. But personally, that doesn't matter to me much. Uh, the there's not too much in terms of the and any sort of customization, which I know people want to, um, but at the same time, I, I'm, I, I think it's worth it. If, I think if you think, if you, anything of what I've said sounds good, you can definitely pick it up. If you're vaguely interested, waiting for a sale is totally fine. It's not like an instant, you need to play this game, but I, I've been enjoying this and, and as somebody where both, these kinds of far, um, farming games and also JRPGs are kind of my, you know, kind of cozy, happy place with the games. So it, it it's it's it feel it's very kind of chill, kind of cozy to play for me. All right, so that's Harvestella. It's mm-hmm. an interesting name uh, at farming JRPG. Yeah, who could have guessed? Who who would who would have thought to combine? farming and role-playing games i Nobody. mean it's been that's it's, only it's, the fine it's been minds there for a while only but. the finest minds at square enix could bring you <laughs> such a game uh well i i have one more game for us to talk Ooh. about this week it's too bad pat isn't here because i know he is uh interested in this and it does sync up with his love of uh, un unknowable cosmic horrors, Lovecraftian uh, things, and the, uh, this game is called Dredge. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it is a fishing game where Ooh. you are f- searching for. I don't know what you're searching for. You are encountering unspeakable oceanic horrors uh, as you navigate your way between these remote islands in some godforsaken who knows where uh the game starts and you are on you're some fisherman on your way to an island where you've got a newspaper clipping it's like fisherman wanted uh you know job Mm -hmm. job listing and you uh crash on some rocks and that you know you're your shipwreck there and they're like oh don't worry about it we'll we got you a boat here you just pay off the debt with the with the fishing and all that stuff and then you can kind of go do whatever you want so you, you know then you get on your way and you're you're making your way around between these islands and you're going up to a fishing hole and you you do a little quick simple simple i wouldn't even call it a mini game just a quick like oh, okay hit uh hit the f button uh, F for fish, I guess. That, that seems appropriate uh, now that I think about it. 
And so you just hit the F button when the, you know, when the circle lines up with the, or when the line lines up with the highlighted part of the circle, you know, whatever, you catch your fish. And then you play, play, play is maybe a strong word, but you do a little Resident Evil 4 uh, inventory management game mm-hmm. and to manage your fish and your equipment, your fishing rods and your engines and your whatever other things are on your boat, whether that be lights or... Uh, I don't. I don't know what else you can get. I only played a demo because this game isn't out until 2023. It's out next year. But you can play what they're calling Chapter One for free right now. I picked this up back in when the Steam Next Fest was going on a couple weeks, month. I don't know when it was. It was a while ago. I just didn't get around to playing it until right before the podcast. Uh, but it's got this really nice. Uh, it's a simple, simple looking game, but it's got this really nice, um, like color palette, which seems weird when talking about cosmic horrors and weird, spooky, uh, fish, but like, you know, the color of the sky and the village or villages that you encounter on these islands just pop really nicely with the, uh, art design and the, you know, all that kind of stuff is, so it's, it's pleasant to look at until you get to like, you pull up a weird mutated fish and you're like, Ugh, I don't want to look at that. Then <laughs> some dude's like, oh, I found a handkerchief inside this fish. Here you go. You can have it. I'm like, well, I don't, like, I don't handkerchief. And then some dude's like, hey, heard you got a handkerchief. Come bring it to me on this island. And you're like, okay. I get. And he's like, listen, I need you to find me these spooky items uh somewhere in the somewhere around these islands there are a bunch of spooky maybe magical things i need you to find them and bring them to me and i'll i'll give you stuff in exchange and You're like bro i just want to catch some fish <laughs> yeah like i i'm just here for i'm just here to work man but this game has apparently uh as the steam page says Fight the unfathomable, strengthen your mind, and use your abilities to survive trips out onto the water after dark. You get, like, m- mystical abilities. I I don't know what that means. Um, there are all sorts of just weird uh, things going on, like giant, like, sea monster-type fish that you'll see if you look at the Steam oh, page. Or I'm, I'm looking at the Steam page mm-hmm. right now, and... I need to play this game. Yeah, like I think it'd it be great rad. on like a Steam Deck or you know Switch yeah, or absolutely. even just like you know playing on PC was perfectly great too. But it'd yeah. be nice to just like pick it up, play like a day of fishing. And like, okay, yeah, I did some fishing there because you know you go out and you've got a timer and the timer moves as as you move around, as you drive the boat, or as you fish, and then you go in for the day. You can sell your fish. You can upgrade your upgrade your boat and upgrading the boat takes time and so you know the clock ticks when you're installing new lights or a new motor you know whatever you're Mm -hmm. doing and you could go out at night but then your sanity starts to tick down and what that actually looks like i don't know like what happens when you lose your sanity but you know i'm sure that'll come up in the actual game i i did get a little like oh something weird there's a weird pink like hazy light thing in the dark i'm gonna go up to it oh god i'm I'm going insane i don't know there's eyeballs everywhere oh no and then i got <laughs> to town and i went to sleep and it was okay but i don't know uh, 
as you're in the towns, you can talk to, there are different people you can talk to. And so I found a guy who was like, could you find my son's, my son was in a shipwreck. Could you go find his belt buckle somewhere? I think he like crashed around like the backside of the island or, you know, whatever. And so you can go around, you can find these items and you can trade them or you can use them to, that one you can take back to the guy and get some lore about the area and the old mayor who went insane and was saying we have to throw it all back to the sea and was throwing stuff into the ocean. So it seems like there, you know, there's some sort of Lovecraftian like, oh, we've un- we've seen unspeakable horrors and something pulled from the deep and all that kind of stuff. I am very uh, interested in seeing more of this game and yeah no it looks really cool great to play when i have a steam deck a 125 deep sea denizens so pokemon look out (laughs) gotta complete my fish decks and my dredge decks i guess i don't know poke dredge Uh, yeah so that's that's dredge it's it seems cool demo up on steam there's it's got great art uh, it's very chill, chill vibes mostly. I, but I didn't run into any sea monsters. Maybe the vibes are less chill, and you got a sea monster I, staring you down. Who could say? I assume there would be, but you know, I, yeah. I'd be also interested in seeing some sea monsters. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dredge on Steam. Check it out. That's that's all I got to say about that. And I think that's all we've got to say as a podcast, right? I think, yeah. All right. We'll be back next week with Pokemon. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to play Pokemon. That I am not going to be fooled again. Not going to happen. More for me. More for me. I think that's a less for you because then we can't trade, right? Yeah. Well, that's true. But, you know, if you want to buy a copy on my behalf... You don't even have to give it to me. You can just buy a copy and say this is Andre's copy. Uh, <laughs> like you can do that. You know, I'm not going to stop you. But yeah, so we'll probably have uh, some Pokemon discussion next week, and uh, I don't know. I'll I'll play something. Oh, Pentiment! I, I... Pentiment is coming out on Tuesday, so that'll be uh, probably looking at that on Game Pass. I, I just saw that there's a. Uh, they just. I don't know if it was announced, but they just surprise launched uh, a new game by the West of Loathing folks, Shadows oh, Over sh- Loathing. Yeah, I, I saw that too. So I think I might actually go play that this weekend. Okay. Um, so sure. we'll probably be talking about it next week. Sounds good. Because I uh, liked West of Loathing quite a bit. I, I didn't touch it. I I've, I was never like a Kingdom of Loathing person, so... I played it va- I played Kingdom of Loathing a little bit, like not too much, but I I played some of Kingdom of Loathing. So I'm like, oh, this is it's kind of cool that they're uh yeah. you know, that they're making these big games, but I, sure. I liked West of Loathing a lot and I'm excited to nice. uh play Shadows Over Loathing this weekend. <laughs> Send me a Steam Deck. Send me a Steam Deck. I <laughs> A month and a half left. <laughs> I've got like a month and I've got like five weeks where I could receive a Steam Deck that I have ordered and then I will not be at home for a while. Mm-hmm. So just like, come on, come on.
please just do it. I want there's games I want to play while I'm traveling, and that'll be the easiest way to do it. Uh, but anyway, that is going to do it for episode 247 of the Gaming Fix podcast on November 12th, 2022. I've been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite sea animal. You can find me on Twitter while this website still somehow runs uh, at C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Allison, where can people find you? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, like, who knows how much longer we'll be uh, repping our Twitter accounts, but you can find me on Twitter as long as it exists at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. You can find the podcast on Twitter at FixPodcasts. And thank you to Jeff Davis at StrangerPeace on TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch for the lovely theme music that they created for us. We'll be back next week with Pokemon, Pentiment, and who knows what else in episode 248. Stay wet, gamers. <laughs>